Hey, this is the Bridging Realities Podcast with your hosts, Danielle Polgar and Eugenia Crock. Bridging the esoteric and the practical concepts of astrology into everyday life. We're happy you're hanging out with us and we hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Bridging Realities. Hey, Eugenia. What up, Danny? How's it going, girl? It's going. It's going. Just chilling, talking to my, my home girl. Totes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, we just wanted to kind of tap in here before we uh, share with you the episode that we recorded a few days ago because, um, well, I've had some space and time to think about kind of what we what we talked about and I just wanted to add a little bit more information and thoughts into the conversation. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at in the moment. Yeah. And I'm, I'm giving the space to do so because in this episode we have a candid conversation about motherhood and let's be honest, I've never had a child, so I have no idea what it's like to be a mother. And I don't have Uranus and Scorpio, which is something we talk about in this episode. And I don't have a child with Uranus in, I will never have a child with Uranus and Aries. So I will never know what it's like to have a child with Uranus opposing my Pluto. Um, and so this episode is really not about me at all. <laughs> Gosh, oh no, Pluto on my fifth, can't handle it. Um, but this is really about being mommies. And I, you know, I'm a mother to my business and pets and things. But, um, but I think this is, we're trying to give a space for, uh, to just say a couple more things about the episode. Because we do kind of let loose, both of us. And I think women... We're are deserved that opportunity to let loose every once in a while, just get mad for no reason, even if, if we, if we choose to do so. So, um, so I know there's a few things you wanted to just say before the, the episode started and some insights. Yeah. I just wanted to acknowledge like, you know, stuff that in the moment, um, you know, when we had the conversation, I was really working through a process and coming off of the Mercury Mars conjunction, (laughs) Um, right, also right. conjunct the eclipse degree, which was super intense and feeling lots of feeling and having lots of thoughts, like lots of angry thoughts. And, you know, I, now that I'm five months into motherhood, it's like, I'm able to see, uh, kind of the, the interesting fullness of the experience. Um, and also kind of coming out of the bubble or the high of the newborn bliss and the reality of, of what it really takes to have a baby in your life and to make space for a new person in your relationship and your world and everything. Um, and all the emotions that come up with that. And so, you know, what I probably didn't speak much to was just how like sheer, the sheer joy and the amazing love that I feel for my baby and yeah, you and, um, and the gratitude that I feel to have this opportunity in this lifetime to be a mother, because I really feel like it's something I was destined to do. And, and it's, I know that it's an ongoing process that I'm going to be learning from and um, growing from and all that. But, you know, I think I focus a lot on the, the darkness in our conversation. And granted, I think that that's necessary as we just spoke to, you know, in, our personal conversation offline of like 
it's so necessary that we give space to the shadow and really acknowledge the shadow so that it doesn't come and haunt us in other ways. And, um, you know, I was kind of contemplating what, besides the fact that, yes, you know, um, we speak about this in the episode, but Pluto and Libra generation um, is dealing with some codependency issues and, uh, you know, with Uranus and Aries kind of opposing that, these children are really kind of activating these issues so that we can really work and heal them and transform them. But something else just generally that I've kind of thought about with motherhood is like what brings up the anger and the frustration and, you know, yes, like the loss of control of you, you can't control another being. Um, you can only control your response to situations, but I think, I think there's something existential kind of built into motherhood that is about impermanence, you know, that just brings that reality to the forefront um, with seeing your child literally change overnight. Cause your mother and I were talking about this and it's so true. It's like literally the next day right. I'll wake up and she like doesn't fit into her clothes or her face is different. And it's so exciting and it's wonderful. And it's also so devastating because it shows how little we have a grasp on life. Like it's slipping out of our hands at every moment and the impermanence and the, the underlying fear of like losing something is just built into becoming a mother. Um, Hence why, just an an interjection, hence why the feminine holds creation and destruction. Yes, right. Exactly. Because the feminine has to become comfortable with impermanence to hold the space of a dying being or a dying thing or a birthing thing or a birthing birthing being. It's, It's the energy field of the feminine. So I didn't mean to cut you off, but. No, no, exactly what you're saying. Yes. And, and also the, the, the fear and that that leads to anger kind of like is the foundation for what I think creates or, or holds space for that mama bear protective energy, you know, like I want to protect my child from the injustices of life and from, you know, being hurt and, and such. And, God damn it, I don't want my kid to suffer, right? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, and, and I mean, the reality is I don't have any control over that. Right. So I think that that actually brings, that's, that's also something that's there. But there's the bigger thing that I'm seeing in my own life with having an Aquarius rising is having been born into a family where I felt so out of control I have control issues and (laughs) I'm like trying to control everything. And if, you know, and now I have this little beautiful being who is helping me see how little control I actually have over my external circumstances. Um, But how I can turn that inward and say, okay, how can I manage my emotions around this? Right. And there is some, just as a resource for anybody who's listening to this, who's like a new parent or, you know, thinking about becoming a parent or maybe you're not a new parent. There's, um, 
it's called aware parenting. And I'm just kind of getting my feet wet into, uh, you know, or, or dipping my toes into the, these waters of, of what this looks like and what it entails, but highly recommend checking it out. Um, because what it focuses on is really working on your own shit. So you don't, (laughs) you know, um, bring it out into and kind of project it onto your, your littles. And, um, because then they're going to, have to figure out how to deal with it right and how to transform it and and such right and you don't want to have to do that okay (laughs) well you know something I just want to say is thank you you know thank you to you and every other mother who has been 100% candid and honest with me because one of the things a lot of the women that I have spoken with and I'm talking like a few I've talked to like a lot of women Uh, Because this is what I do for a living is I see clients and many are women and um, some with kids. And, you know, a lot of the anger a lot of women have is like nobody explained just how hard it would be Um, or or like, you know, the physical part. Like I remember the first time my friends like, yeah, I totally shit myself and my my asshole ripped open when I had a baby and nobody told me that was going to happen. And I was like, whoa, yeah, that sounds like pretty horrible or you know like little things like that or the postpartum or all of the things or you know the grief the all of the shadowy parts that we as a culture have you know typically as we typically do have um, decided to push away a lot of women go into pregnancy not knowing about these bits or a lot of uh, you know Adele you know the singer she came out in an article recently and she said nobody told me my creative drive was going to be like killed basically by this child. And I'm never going to be able to create an album like I did with 21. And I just had a baby cause that's like what you do. And, and so I think that for the women who have not had babies, I think this is also still a good episode because it, you know, believe it or not, after this rant and rave, I still kind of like definitely want to have a kid now. <laughs> it's like, like you would think all of the like horrors of horrors that I've been told now, I still, there's a primal drive. There's, you know, I, who knows, maybe there's a being outside of me. Who's like, I want to come through you, um, you know, be channeled through you. Who knows? But I feel strongly. I want one, but I, I'm grateful that I am aware that it is going to be hard, that I'm not going in with rosy colored glasses. Should I have a baby? I'm going in with, um, a very realistic piece. And and that has a lot to do then with how I talk to my partner. You know, if I'm going to have children with, with my partner, I, these are things he also needs to know about and things that I need to be certain will be there in place for me. If I do bring a child into this world, like, listen, so, you know, my energy is going to be completely sucked from, from me and from you for many, many months. Can you handle that? And all of the things that, need to be had because I think a lot of conversations is like, Oh, we got pregnant. And then it's just like, Oh God. Right. So, you know, I think, and again, that's just cause that's what women have told me the experience can be like. So I think that this is a great episode. You know, we do bring in the astrology obviously, but it's just a, like as a woman, which most of our listeners are women, not all, but a lot of them, you know, just hopefully you'll be seen. Hopefully you'll feel like part of a tribe again, Um, And this is what women actually talk about and how women actually talk. And 
Um, sometimes we're very angry and sometimes we're very soft and this is just, we are with the moon, right? I mean, we bleed once a month and don't die. I mean, give us some credit. So, um, so thank you. Thank you to you and to all the mothers who have been candid enough with me to be honest with me about pregnancy, because it's true. Like at the end of the day, you also like love these kids more than you can possibly measure or understand. And it's a love that you can have with no one else. And I, and I recognize that as well. And, you know, I have a cat. I love him like a lot. So I can only <laughs> totally. imagine like a child. Yeah. You know, so, but, and, and, you know, it's like, the love is so big that there needs to be something there to meet it. Yeah. Right. To balance yeah. it out, to bring that neutral kind of energy. Yeah. And I do think that, you know, when we acknowledge and we don't kind of shove this other side of ourselves away and say like, I'm not frustrated, I've got this, you know, and like try to be these perfect mothers who don't get angry at their kids or who don't get sad about the life that they're leaving behind or the creativity that they don't have as much access to anymore, which I totally resonate with Adele. Um, and, you know, just to be able to honor those places within us because it's, it is a sacrifice to, to have a child in a way. And, and yes, it's a blessing and it brings so much into your life, but there is a loss of a piece of, you know, it's kind of like a loss a loss of a path or, you know, kind of giving over of yourself to, um, this other person. And, and especially I think that just, as women have babies later and later, I mean, you've right. lived your life on your own for 30 something 36 years. years yeah. you, know, you have a baby at 21. You don't know the difference. Totally. Right. Right. Exactly. But, but I'm, I can imagine that would bring up like feelings of resentment too. Like I didn't right. get to have my youth, da, da, da. Oh, yeah. you know, and, um, and there's, uh, yeah, just like also the frustration that kind of I have felt of like not being 100% good at this right off the bat. Like I'm doing something I've never done before and I'm like, why am I not good at this? You know, and in certain moments, some moments I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Everything, I got this, this is working, I'm grooving, we're communicating, it's symbiotic. And then sometimes it's just like, it's off. And then I feel like total despair of like, how come I can't figure this person out? Or how come I can't soothe her? There must be something wrong with me. Fuck, I'm pissed, mm. you know? And, and I also think that, that mothers displace their anger about other things onto their, their children as well, which I've, you know, if you're listening to this and you're, you're resonating with this at all, you know, I definitely encourage you to seek out support because um, that's really been the helpful like, you know, what, be, beyond having a really super supportive partner to be able to have other women in my life who I can say like, is this happening to you too? Right. Or do you, did you ever feel this way? Um, and to have, have that honest connection and uh, intimate conversation because yeah, it's hard and it's scary to admit to feeling certain feelings. Like when you have this like beautiful, innocent little creature um, that is helpless and completely dependent on you. And you bring up, you know, a really great point. And that is that, you know, we were born into a society that was like, once you meet Prince, Prince Charming, you're good. And it's like, no, like a dude doesn't understand this. He will never understand a, what it's like to be a woman and B what it's like to push a human outside of your, you know, grow a human inside of your body and then push one outside of your body 
and that's the thing is, you know, that is where we've gone terribly awry in this society is that once you meet this man, you're supposed to just call it a day and be complete. And I think for men, in some cases, that might be more true. I, I don't, I don't really know. I'm not a man, but I think because, you know, they get their emotional needs met by us. You know, they probably get their food needs met by us, their cleaning needs met by us, their, you know, you know, blowjobs and emotions and, you know, all the things because we give so much women. And um, and I think I still think men need their men. I, you know, I, I think I don't know. I'm not a man, so I'm not going to say anything. But but women like we do process, we do do emotion, we do go up and down and all around. And it's, and it's hard for a man to track that or to intuit it or to understand it. And I think that, you know, it comes down to everything we've said since we started this podcast. Women, as my neighbor once said, are the relationship. You know, if, if we're heterosexual women, the men are our partners, right? There are partners in life, but the women are the relationship. Like I, I have known you much longer than the man I'm with now. And you knew me longer than the man you're with now. And we've been consistently there for each other, you know, like as women do, like it doesn't mean we have to talk every day, but you will always be my relationship. Um, my girl, Rachel, she's like a wife of mine, you know, my girl, Sonona, like I've got the, this group of women in my life that will always be there. They will never go away, you know, God willing. And, um, and, and that is, the relationship I will continue to foster and continue to harness for the rest of my life because a man cannot understand this experience. He just can't. So true. So true. Yeah. They can meet you just enough. (laughs) But then there's like this whole other dimension that women can really feel into. And we can't be expecting men to be women, you know? And again, we're talking purely heterosexual. So right. if you identify differently, very I'm binary sorry. kind of situation. Right. But, yeah. but we are, you know, quite that mm-hmm. identifying. And so, right. But like, we also can't expect like men to understand it either. I think they get very overwhelmed and, you know, maybe like, oh God, let me get out of the house. This is too much. Okay. Where's my women? You know, it's like when men are like, this is a conversation for your girlfriends. I've had that, you know, boyfriend say that to me before and I used to get insulted and now I'm like, oh no, this is totally a conversation for my girlfriends. This is not mm-hmm. something you need to, to deal with right now. Um, cause that's not how their brains work and it's not, it's not, um, it's like if they wanted us to always go out and hunt things and kill things, like, um, sometimes that might be fun. <laughs> Not really, but, but, you know, for me, but, you know, we have to be very like understanding. This is this, um, what's her name? Alison Armstrong, the King's code and the Queen's code. And just really talking about the genetic differences between men and women and honoring that, um, and the yin and yang necessary to build the society. But anyway, we could go on forever and we've gone quite a bit. So is there any other things you want to say before the episode, this incredibly long <laughs> I episode? Know. I know, on. right? Um, n- I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> there was something I was going to say, but I swear I have like these like ideas that'll pop in and then they go away. Oh, just that women hold space for everything. Yeah. Like you said, like the cooking, the cleaning, the, you know, sex, the emotional support, everything. And it's, holy shit, it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It's really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, having a child, like throw, throw that into the mix. You're also doing that for them. I'm <laughs> just like in awe. That was a sneeze, by the way. We need each other, women. Like, yeah. 
if we haven't made that obvious in the almost, you know, well, year and a half we've been doing this, uh, this is why we, you know, this is, we need each other, women. Um, we need each other. We had each other for 200,000 years before the Industrial Revolution, so not much can change in a couple hundred years. So we got to give ourselves that. Yeah, Word. Well, enjoy the episode. Um, let us know what you think and all the love to all the people out there in the world who are caring for children that are yours biologically or not or whatever. So mad respect. And just the earth, you know, caring for just mama earth. And so grateful that everybody I know in Florida is safe and that that's been over now but so. there's Ma- mama earth she's she will teach no, us right? impermanence right i mean like like babies right. do so will she and and because everything will leave us at one point right so that is why love and gratitude has to be central to every moment if we can you know even towards ourselves in those angry moments so much love to you all enjoy enjoy the episode Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. How's everybody doing out there? Hey, Eugenia. Yo, yo, yo. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, yo, yo. What's up, girl? Yo, yo, yo. There's the road. Um, Girl, I've got all kinds of stuff to say about everything right now. And I'm sure I'm not alone. We're recording this episode as another potential massive hurricane is about to hit land. Fires, tornadoes, earthquakes. Uh, all the things we, we kind of predicted would happen, but to watch these predictions come true is... Well, more than anything, it's it really validates the field of astrology. Let's get real. So, But we're in a lot of um, energy right now. I'm feeling it. I've just come off of seven days of um, uh, being with apprentices and talking astrology morning, noon, and night, reading charts, doing the thing, and feeling like a tired um, woman. And it seems very clear that there are a lot of tired women and tired mamas out there, including Mama Earth. And that's what I really am inspired by for this episode to be about is to talk about the angry feminine, talk about the angry mother, the angry Gaia, uh, the disrespect to the feminine has, uh, it's, we have hit our limit. Um, uh, and, uh, so I'm just saying it, I'm just jumping straight into the topic, but, uh, uh, I have plenty more to say about my life and where I'm at, but fuck it. Like, you know, like when in Rome, let's just burn this shit down. Let's talk about the things we're not supposed to talk about as women. And I'd love to share more about my stories and insights that I've had in the last week. But how are you? Where are you at, actual mama? Yeah. Um, well, we just finished having a really interesting conversation about all this. So I'm excited to talk about it. And I'm feeling really good. I'm actually experiencing my Mars return. So Um, I feel like I'm starting a new cycle in that regard and feeling a lot more clear and grounded now that Mercury's gone direct and, um, you know, with Saturn stationing direct as well. And yeah, I'm feeling good. 
I'm just really hungry right now. I need to have another snack. I'm breastfeeding like tr- literally drains like everything out of me. So right. um, that's the only thing that's kind of like up at the moment. But uh, we'll kind of talk more about what, you know, the, the nature of this conversation. And, and I'm just feeling really grateful for astrology because it really just explains a lot of shit, you know, and really gives context to a lot of stuff that, you know, we might not or for me, you know, wondering like, why am I the way I, I am? Or why is this thing happening in my life? And, um, you know, you look at astrology and it's like looking in the mirror. It's like, oh, that's why. Right. right. So, it's so blatantly obvious that it's, yeah. it's almost laughable astrology. Right. Yeah. And it gets, it gets more and more obvious all the time. And, um, and you're right. I think that is, that's, I'm so happy you're bringing up this point because what is, what is today? It's like Friday, oh, September 8th. Well, <laughs> what? 2017. And it's true. We've, we've now come out of the solar eclipse. We had the massive full moon in Pisces that really, really let go of any last things that needed to let go of. And now we have Mars direct, we have Saturn direct, Mercury direct, all these different things. Although Mars wasn't not direct, but Mars was part of the the Mercury retrograde. And it does seem that in this week, it's like, right now let's fucking do it. You know, we've, we've had a lot of time to process, to think about things, but the earth has a certain urgency that she is making very well known to all of us. Uh, we have individual urgency that we're feeling, and it does come with a, an incredible amount of clarity and drive now. And I'm feeling the same way. Like, I actually feel also really good, and I know that might be hard to hear for a lot of you who are seeing the news and the state of the world and this and that, but I cannot emphasize enough my hope for humanity. I mean, it grow every day my hope for humanity and my faith in God got us, my faith in the, the, the perfection of astrology grows bigger every day. And, and I'm feeling that I'm especially, you know, I've been with these apprentices now for a couple months, just totally engrossed in astrology. And so of course I've learned a lot and Everything is as it should be. I am just so certain of that. And and maybe because I'm an Aquarius and it's really easy for me to have non-attachment. It's really easy for me to see life as an overview. You know, I, I see life from a hawk eye view all the time. It's hard for me to take things super personal in, in that sense. And it it is. It's, it is this orchestration to balance, to harmonize, and for us to all come together as a tribe truly, truly, as a global tribe, hold one another up, hold each other in each other's hearts and, um, and guide and, you know, lead with love. So yeah, I'm feeling really quite positive as well. I mean, it's surreal, but, right. but I feel positive. Right. Absolutely. I'm so with you. I feel like we're always kind of on that vibration yeah. tip of when chaos is happening, there's some sort of like sense of knowing that it's necessary chaos and that it's leading somewhere. Um, and I think in a way we're kind of like transformation junkies, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, change, All right. you know, it's, we're doing it. So, um, yeah. I, I see that on a big scale and it's kind of like a massive turn on, not sexually, but just like in a way of like, this is so 
wild. Like, wow, life is happening. You know, it's like really feeling alive and, and like there's, you know, kind of watching a good show. Really? It's like, Mm. Hey life, way to go. Putting on the show. Definitely not boring. No, you know, which is great for our Gemini stuff. Gemini Aquarius stuff. (laughs) Keep us busy. Keep, keep Yeah, no, for sure. Well, and you know, I'd love to just jump into this conversation we were just having privately before we started recording about what's, what's up what's happening right now in the sky and you know what's happening collectively and globally and I'd like to if if that's okay share a little bit about the experience I have not just had this week with with um, apprentices and friends and clients but that I've been having with women for quite a while but really heightened in the last year since Uranus is kind of making his last push through Aries um, and and Libra excuse me Jupiter has been in Libra on a lot of the, the Pluto Libra Plutos. Yeah. Um, I'd love to jump into my experience that I've had and kind of just talk about it and then weave into the conversation, everything else. Does that sound like a cool, cool way to do this? Go for it, girl. God, this grand fire train is mind blowing right now. I was just going to say that (laughs) I pulled up the chart for this moment. Like when we started the Damn. podcast, it's like a double fire trine and no, it's like a quadruple one. Yeah, actually you're right. There's one. Cause there's it's really cool. Right. There's, there's Saturn. And Mercury's conjunct the North node. I love it. Epic. Wow. Yeah. This is like, let's just say how it is. Let's Leo the hell out of this conversation. Let's exactly. be authentic and real and all the good stuff. Yeah. Pluto's on the ascendant. I in know. Day anyways. Totally. Yep, yep, he's just... Transformation station, let's go. Yeah. Diving in. <laughs> and Moon is in Aries, conjunct Aries and Uranus, like, mm-hmm. trining all this. Yep, let's do this. So, here's what my here's what my experience has been. I am not a mother of a child, um, and I am a very masculine woman, actually. I have, uh, as many of you know, I have South Node in Capricorn, and I have... Um, Saturn and Pluto conjunct. So I'm kind of like a work junkie, a workaholic. So the experience I'm witnessing with women is not mine. This is a reflection of things I'm seeing in my practice and with some girlfriends. And, you know, to a certain extent, I have my own rage for sure, no doubt about it. But I am starting to have the experience in my reality for a number of reasons of women who are so angry about how hard motherhood is, how hard it is to hold a job, be a mother, take care of a partner, take care of a home, take care of all of these these elements. Um, and I'm wanting to just give a voice to these women and, and talk about possible um signatures in the chart of of this rage so that some of you who are listening might resonate with this it might be felt or seen in this episode but I also want to name the fact that not only are a lot of the women I'm talking to angry mama earth like the mother the feminine the woman is fucking pissed and there is an opportunity right now for all women to express this rage and an invitation to do so. Now, 
Am I saying go out and start like smashing cars? Maybe not, unless it's like a car you bought to smash and you're like safe and protected. (laughs) But I want a lot of you to know that you are not alone. I'm seeing this on the daily in my practice with, again, with friends and so on. And part of this is because Eris, the goddess of chaos and discord, is conjunct Uranus, the god of like chaos and discord, and they're married right now. And the feminine anger and rage is getting um, triggered. In addition to that, it's opposing Jupiter. And as we know, Jupiter is the god of abundance and things of this nature. He highlights areas of the chart. So he's highlighting all this Aries energy while there's a grand fire trine to the North Node, to Saturn, etc., etc. If you want to know more about it, please get a reading with us to get the details in your own particular chart. But the other signature that's so profound that happened during the solar eclipse on August 21st that I didn't hear many astrologers talk about, which I think maybe could have been talked about more, but that was the opposition of Ceres to Pluto. And Ceres in mythology is the mother. She is like Gaia. She is the earth. She is agriculture. She is the food we grow to sustain the humans on planet earth. Her brother is Pluto, the god of the underworld. He is the core of the earth, the soil, the things that lie below the surface. In fact, the soil we need to grow the crops to feed humanity. In the story of Ceres and Pluto, and if we go back even further into Greek mythology of Hades and um, Demeter, and when it goes even further back into Egyptian and Mesopotamian stories, but for 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 sake of a, a shorter podcast, um, if we're just talking about this this Hades Pluto character and this series Demeter character, one of the the remarkable characteristics or subplots or plots of this story is yes the mother loses her daughter to her brother in the underworld. But in the Greek story, it gets a lot more violent where he actually rapes Persephone or um, Persephina, uh, uh, Demeter's daughter, and rapes the daughter of Mother Earth and takes her into the underworld and keeps her as his, his wife. And during the solar eclipse on the 21st, that has... You know, if you don't believe in astrology now, people like, you know, of course you're not listening to this because you don't. So I'm preaching to the choir. But those, for, for all the millions of people out there who still think this is garbage, um, I'm sorry. That's sad. I'm sad for you. I'm sad for you. But this story is a big part of the eclipse for me. It is the mother versus like the, the god of power right? This is a power struggle between the feminine and the masculine. Pluto being in Capricorn, Ceres being in Cancer. The eclipse highlighted to us a power struggle between the masculine and the feminine that lives so deep in us, so unconscious in us, and it has now just been triggered. And with all of the Pluto Capricorn children being born right now, they are bringing this topic to the surface. So these are some of the insights I'm starting to see, some of the, the feelings I'm starting to have. And I just would love to dialogue on this, if possible, with you, Danny, in a way that 
can help people understand this more in a way that can help client or you know clients or listeners of the podcast tap into their own anger, their own power dynamic struggle between themselves and the masculine and the feminine. If you are married, uh, maybe with your partner or maybe with the the patriarchy in general, whether you're a man or a woman, it doesn't really matter. Shit has to change. Women cannot hold all of this weight any longer. And women are mad and Gaia is mad. And astrology reflects that. So I'm not sure if you, how you feel about what I'm saying or your thoughts on what I'm saying. They're a little bit scattered. I've literally been talking about astrology for seven days straight, like 13 hours a day. <laughs> so I don't know if any of this is making any sense. But these are things. Yeah. These are things. It's definitely making sense, okay. and uh, I think it's a really, really important topic. And of course, as a new mother, I'm like really feeling into this, um, you know, experience of new emotions that accompany new motherhood, and um, making finally making sense of what what this means. And having discussed, you know, the Pluto and Libra part, um, you know, opposing Sarah's, but also just from my own personal experience of what that has, like how that shows up in my life and um, people in my generation, you know. Well, Pluto and Libra, sorry, opposing Eris. That's what I meant. Yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. Just to, to clarify Omni that. Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no worries, no worries. I'm okay. just clarifying for people. So, yep. so um, but in any event, the degree, you know, when Eugenie and I were talking, we were talking about, um, you know, the certain signatures that show up for this. And in my chart, I have Pluto at 19 degrees Libra. And, um, I mean, I have other signatures in my chart that speak to codependence, but codependence is definitely a theme that I've worked on and have been working with my whole life. And something that has been reflected to me in motherhood even more so now is this, uh, codependence that this layer of codependence that still exists, which I think is natural to a certain extent with mothers because you feel your child's emotion because you're basically, you know, one entity in a way. Um, and of course their happiness is your happiness to a certain extent where, you know, that's, I want to say quote unquote normal or common, but there's also, um, I think residual, the residual kind of sickness that underlies codependency when um, in a certain regard, like with Pluto, for example, there's a certain sort of surrendering of power that one needs to give up um, in order to make sure that the other person um, is in a good space so that, you know, you feel good. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't really get codependency. What is that anyways? Codependency is basically like, I need you to feel okay so that I can feel okay, in a nutshell. Um, and the thing with Pluto and Libra is finding a way to find that harmonious balance of you know reciprocity between giving and receiving so that there's empowerment for both parties, right? And so somebody doesn't have power over another. And I think a lot of the rage that mother's experience and I think that this is just one part of it speaking to this um, power that we 
surrender, the sacrifice that we make for our children to exist and to live. Um, and it, that sacrifice can sometimes bring up that rage of like, oh, I'm losing my power. I'm losing control. Um, and I've definitely experienced, Soleil's just chiming in here. It's perfect. Um, it's such I've perfect definitely time. experienced moments of feeling, <laughs> it's perfect, right? Yeah. Um, but I've definitely experienced moments of like complete frustration with her when she's thrown like a complete fit and I can't do anything to soothe her. It's like, oh my God. And it brings up, or at least it has brought up some anxiety and, and fear over like not being able to control the situation. And, and that feeling of powerlessness and helplessness is also what brings up that rage of just like, oh my God, like I want to, I want to do something, but I have no power. Mm. And this has been going on with women as, you know, just as our own like archetype, um, for eons, obviously. And, you know, it's like being a prisoner in in some regard. And at some point you just feel like I got to break out of this, you know, I've got it. And that, that rage really comes up like, a from the bowels or the furnace, you know, um, and the power that rage that women have has the power to change and transform and, um, protect, you know, uh, that fierce mother kind of energy. Um, but it can be misdirected, you know, and, and certainly I think that, uh, having grown up in a tumultuous household where abuse was not uncommon, Um, I'm very much aware of like uh, that kind of like pattern and just acknowledging like my own feelings about, oh my God, like, you know, and I've heard other mother, new mothers speak to this. It's like, you kind of just have to leave the room because you're like, I can't deal with this. Like I might want to like throw my kid across the room. Not that you actually would, but it's a very, you know, it does happen to people and it's, it produces the most profound guilt because it's like, how can I want to hurt or do anything to this sweet, innocent creature? But it's like almost like biological, I want to say, you know? So anyways, I feel like I'm kind of on a tangent. The thing that I've noticed is that the more I can allow her to express her rage and her frustration, the better off both of us are. So there's totally. no need for me. And, you know, and I'm, there might be women out there going, oh, yeah, I totally know that already. And good for you. I mean, for just, but I, this is literally just coming to me five months into the game that, um, yeah, I don't have to control her experience and I don't have to stop her from feeling her experience. And in fact, if I can just hold space for her to have her experience, um, it's not only good for her, but it's just really helpful for me, right? So, yeah. um, because essentially she's also expressing my anxiety and my frustration throughout the day or, you know, whatever kind of experiences she's had that she can't v- vocalize, you know, in any other way. She can't put words to it and chat it out or she can't go for a run. You know, it's like, how is she going to express all this energy that she's taking in? And it's through crying and, um, and raging really. I mean, I've seen her throw some crazy fits and I know it's not because her stomach hurts or whatever. It's just, she's freaking out. And you also have a moon 
in the 12th house. So you're picking up a lot of stuff from your environment and having to process that, right? So it's a lot. It's a lot to process. Oh, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So did that make sense? Anything I was saying? I feel everything. Like everything. Okay. I have so many ways I want to respond to it as well. Okay. And I want you to speak to also the Uranus and Scorpio bit. I will. I will. Absolutely. I'm going on mute, folks, because this, this cheek has got a lot to say. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I have a lot of things I want to say in response to that. One, yes, Pluto in Libra has a very hard time when other people are upset. It is the plight and the plague of the Pluto-Libra generation. And this is the deep karmic stuff our generation has to deal with. One of the reasons Pluto-Libra individuals, so people born roughly from 72 to 83, roughly look it up in your chart or get a reading to find out, uh, but one of the reasons there's an incredible codependency among our generation is because we are the first generation that had books telling us what being a good parent and being a good person would, how to do that. So I asked my mother recently, do you think I'd be a good mother? And she said, well, <laughs> and I was insulted. No, um, but she said, I think it's going to be a lot harder for you. And I said, why? And she said, because now you have books that are telling you and blogs and things online that are telling you how to be a good parent and that there are things you can do to be a bad parent. And so um, I thought about that. And I was like, wow. And she's like, because think about it. I raised you kids and nobody told me that what I was doing was going to fuck you up. Nobody told you that what I was doing was going to be good for you. There were no books. There was nothing. And if we really think about it, we're the first generation ever that has had birth control always. So before birth control, the 200,000 years prior to this, when women would have sex with a man and then in all likelihood get knocked up by him, there wasn't really a choice. You had the baby, you married the guy, or maybe you didn't, but you just dealt with it. You just did it. It was just something you had to do. And this is why feminism arose, because that was a prison. That that you know men could walk away but women couldn't a woman couldn't walk away from a sexual encounter it stuck with her for life a man could so this of course is the impetus of birth control and of course it's women who are responsible for being on birth control and fucking their bodies up to be on it to prevent babies and so on and so forth i digress that's an entirely different topic wait before we digress on that though that's really important that you brought that up that yeah. control piece because that's another way in which we're controlling human nature totally. and just mother nature in general. So, yeah. and that's, uh, and, and we're seeing that backlash of that yeah. through hormonal imbalances and fertility issues and such. So mm -hmm. just that's a whole there. rabbit hole. Absolutely. It totally. Is, but, it's, but it's important that you mention that. Yes. Yeah. And so what birth control though gave us was the ability to choose our partner. Right. And so one of the things our generation has done and has paved the way for the younger generations to be able to do is develop conscious relationship, not marriage, but partnership. What is partnership? Is it a man and a woman? We've talked about this before. Is it, you know, multiple people? Like, what is partnership? This is the whole quest of the Pluto Libra because we now have a choice. But what happens when you have a choice around that partner is you're constantly showing up to 
be pleasurable or presentable to get the best partner. There's a lack of authenticity, which is Aries. And here's the, this, the key to what's happening with this generation is that Aries has been in Aries since like 1912. I should know the days. I've done all the research. I've given tons of presentations, but I've been you know talking a lot lately. Somewhere around 1912, somewhere around the rise of the, the, the feminist movement, thereabouts. But what we see is this rise of the feminine, the rise of the angry feminine, but specifically with the Pluto Libra generation. And what's so fascinating and wonderful about it is the children who have been born. If you have, if you're a mother and this is resonating and you have a child who was born since 2011, your child has Uranus in Aries. And Uranus is bold, it's expressive, it's genius. It's mad and it, it, it has no boundaries and no limitations. It rules Aquarius. So what is so brilliant about the universe, about everything, is that peop- the Pluto Libras having babies have ba- are having babies who are forcing them to feel their anger, feel their rage, and more importantly, become more authentic. We are women we are sexual, we are wrathful, we can be mean, we can be bold and brave and beautiful and connected and nurturing, but we are not one archetype. If you're an astrologer, and I'm going to say something, and this might piss some people off, but I feel this way. If your astrologer is not using asteroids and goddesses in the chart, the astrologer is missing the feminine archetype. We are Juno. We are Hera. We are Vesta. We are um, Ceres. We are all of this. We're not just Jupiter, the dude with the, the the in the clouds, you know, having sex with women. We're not just Saturn, the the guy who castrates his father. We're not just Uranus who gets his balls cut off. We are women. We have archetypes, and they are multifaceted. And what these children are making the Pluto Libras do is come into their authenticity. And one of the things that we can all be doing, whether you have a child, whether you don't, whether you're Pluto Libra, whether you aren't, it doesn't matter. Uranus and Aries is saying, if we do not become authentic now, like we cannot survive if we are faking it and we are nicotine and we are, are, we are not connecting if we are not authentic. And you've said it to me a thousand times and it is what has changed my life. I reference you with all of my apprentices over and over again. And I know a lot of this information we got from our graduate school, but you said intimacy causes our honesty. <laughs> I don't have baby brain. I kind of baby brain, but the babies of my students. Honesty creates intimacy and authenticity heals. And so it is okay. We are giving you and Mother Earth and and men and women the right to feel angry. And it doesn't mean go like kill and be violent and do those things, but let yourself feel it or else someone else is going to force you to feel it. Or it's going to go in the shadow further, further repress. Yes. And then it shows up in really fucked up ways like beating up your kids or like yep. drinking or, you know, just up and leaving one day or yep. whatever it is. And I think that what I'm starting to recognize too with Pluto and Capricorn, it's not only the transformation of our societal structures and 
and such, but it's also roles and, um, and, and how we relate to power, not power, but control, right? Because Capricorn is all about, it's ruled by Saturn, which is definitely all about control and structures and, you know, routines and rituals and all that. And how do we transform our relationship to that? Right. So it's, there is something in this whole transformational process that we're collectively seeing of like, what do we do when we feel disempowered? How do we respond to that? And then, you know, speaking from a Pluto and Libra person, it's like, how can I trans like give space and room for my rage, not let it overtake me and channel it into a power like because in our culture in I mean I would even say culturally around the world where is it okay to be angry it's kind of not like people tell you anger is not good for you like the Buddhists will say like don't feel anger because you know that's not good and and everybody like really downplays anger even this power power versus force book that I've read and there's this resistance to it because it's fucking scary. You know, we're scared of our own rage and we're scared of other people's rage and the potential that it has to do damage, right? So Plutonian. Um, and, and yet it's probably one of the most primal real emotions that we could have Mm -hmm. is anger and rage. You know, I mean, it's just so real. Everybody feels it to a certain extent about something. Um, and then of course some people feel it more than others And for those of us, and I have just in, thankfully from my previous marriage was able to encounter this part of my shadow that I had been repressing for so long, got to understand like, wow, this is a part of me and I need to make room for this part of me because if I don't, it's going to show up in the people around me um, and they're going to take their anger out on me or whatever, you know, it's going to turn into a tumor of some sort. It's going to go into, you know, into my body. And I think that that is kind of what's, what I'm recognizing too, with this whole feminine rage, um, that's emerging from the surface. And of course, rage from any oppressed individuals that we see, it's all, all coming up to the surface for us to look at it and to make space and room. And once we do that, I think then we can find new ways of expressing and channeling this where it can be used for, you know, a creative purpose. An innovation. Um, I mean, innovation. Exactly. And what Danielle is really naming here is a signature that's specific to her generation, which is Uranus and Scorpio. And that is, um, I want to say it's like 78 to 81 thereabouts. I should know this. Um, I should try to confirm it. Uh, but somewhere around there. And so check your chart, double check. But with Uranus and Scorpio, the shadow, uh, Scorpio, of course, is ruled by Pluto, the god of the underworld. So what, and I don't have this signature. So the reason I'm even wanting to bring this up is it's not even, I feel anger for sure. I feel and I express and, but I don't have anger on the depth that that my my friends and colleagues and peers of of the the ages just above me have with Uranus and Scorpio, um, 
And but I, I want to to really name it because when we think about Scorpio, we think about Pluto. It is so deep. It's so unconscious. It doesn't really make sense where Scorpionic stuff even comes from all the time. It but it's there. It's deep. And so what happens is when you have Uranus and Scorpio, there is such a deep anger. It's almost impossible to know where it comes from. This might be like having nightmares and like seeing dark images. And it's like, I don't even know where this is coming from. I, on the other hand, to give a contrast, I have Saturn in Scorpio. So I'm dark. I got darkness, but it's very controlled. I don't feel tons of rage all the time, even though I can be an expressive person. It's very unusual that I feel the rage Scorpio does. You know, my mother had a Scorpio moon, has a Scorpio moon. My father has a Scorpio moon. My brother had Scorpio rising with Uranus on the ascendant, hence why I'm an Aquarius. I basically just detached because the amount of anger and rage that came out of that Scorpio archetype in my family, the emotional rage, never made sense to me with Saturn and Scorpio. But as I'm starting to work with this this group of clients, as I'm starting to work with all of you, it's like, it, it does scare me. I'm going to be completely honest. It's very uncomfortable and I don't like it and I want to leave. And I have every right to do that. And it's, it's again, like how can you channel that rage? Because because Scorpio is a wonderful archetype. There's nothing, I mean, look at the Pluto Scorpios. They're epic. They're super cool. They're letting us get naked on camera and not feeling guilt or shame about it. They're exposing sexuality. They're exposing like power dynamics. They're exposing wounds. The, the, I mean, incredible kids born between 84 and 94. Uh, and I really think the honest Scorpios are here to teach the Pluto Scorpios a thing or two about being authentic with rage. But at the end of the day, Uranus is our genius. It is innovation. So how do you channel that rage into innovation? And that's what I'm hoping this episode is going to do is talk about it, express it with one another, go into the genius of rage and what you can do with it, how you can like Danielle said, do something creative with it and possibly change the subject around it. Change the subject around anger, sex, death, money, poverty, scarcity, all the things that are plutonic. This is the potential of this generation. And if you have a baby with any strong Scorpio signatures and you have Uranus and Scorpio, there's a good chance your baby is going to also trigger that, right? Like there's something that will trigger that. And this is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, let this this beast that lies below the surface, like everything that is coming up from below the surface, like racism and um, and inequality and all of the things that are arising right now, let this also arise. You know, I'm going to quote my homegirl Beyonce because she's got she's got Uranus and Scorpio. And if you've seen Lemonade, well, if you haven't, get it together. You have to watch Lemonade. Um, but if you have. She shows us the archetype of the angry feminine. She's beating cars. She's screaming. She's yelling. She's soft. She's nurturing. She's a, she's a mother. She's a wife. She's a friend. She's a community member. She's a gardener. She's a healer. She's a witch. She's an alchemist. She's all of the archetypes of the feminine. And that is a very well-channeled Uranus and Scorpio, Right? to show that there's rage and anger, but if we're going to heal, let it be glorious.
Yeah. Definitely. Definitely agree. I love her. I just love Beyonce. <laughs> Have you put your charts together to see what your sinistry is like? Um, no. But I think I think I might like I've been thinking lately about maybe writing like a, a essay on the archetypes of the goddesses that she's using in lemonade because they're all represented in her chart. Genius, I mean, yes, do it. I'm going to. I'm working on it, everybody. I just have to take a little breather and figure out how I'm going to pull that together. But I have a lot to share about the goddess, you know, about the goddess archetype. You know, this is kind of the work in my world. And I think that like this can be the the brilliance, the genius of Uranus and Scorpio, right? So um, 1975 to 1981. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, we could look at what was happening at the time and we could look at, you know, maybe what past lives you came in with, but it doesn't really matter. The fact is, is that we're expressing it. And the other thing I want to mention is I think when a woman can express this anger and a man, let's get honest, in a healthy way, um, it's also helping Gaia, right? It's helping the earth mama. Like she's been kind of angry for a while. I mean, Look at what we've done. It is gross. There is some gross things on this earth. There are oil rigs and dirty oceans, and I don't need to, to say more. But if she doesn't, like, get addressed, she blows, right? And she's been abused. She's been abused. She's been abused and battered for hundreds, if not thousands of years, cumulatively, but yep. worse in the past hundred years, since hundred years or so at the Industrial Revolution. Yep. And yeah, she's fucking pissed. And I mean, imagine like if you were like a caged animal or you were beaten and at some point you just couldn't take it anymore and you just went ape shit and started destroying everything because that's, you know, that's what happens to caged animals, right? Either that or they totally are like terrified, you know, I mean, but mother nature is a force that we can't even really talk about in a, in a way because she's here and she's going to be here way longer. The earth is going to be here way longer than us as like a species, you know, um, with the path that, that we're heading down, which everybody's aware of, you know, but it's like, what are we really doing about it? And I think what we're seeing is that mother nature is taking the power back and being like, Oh yeah. All right. Well, let me show you what's up. Right. And I think you're right. Like, I think there's this, we're doing a service for Mother Earth by channeling the rage and um, finding ways to express it and to transform it. And something else with Pluto and Capricorn is, you know, Capricorn ruling systems in general, basic premise of systems theory is if you change one thing, you change everything. And if you change a part of the system and how you respond to the system, the system around you changes. And systemically we're looking at like a diseased uh, being of the earth, but also just like everything else, like all these different systems are really sick and need to be um, healed. And one of the ways in which we heal is through like purging, you know, getting rid of something or cleansing. And the earth is certainly uh, doing a major cleanse right now in many ways. And if we don't wake up to that, I mean, I don't think we're just not going to survive. It's like straight up, come on, get it together straight up. Right. And so how do we purge 
this anger in us in a healthy, innovative way. We, we are Mother Nature. We are her children. We are the representation of, of her and of one another. And this is why we have to be authentic. You know, mm-hmm. if... That's a that's a purge. <laughs> Getting all that shit out of your nose right there. Please leave that. Okay. Do not edit that out. That is so epic. Those were two epic sneezes. <laughs> Amazing. Thank Amazing. you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Well, oh I have an uncle who always says, if I don't do that, my eyeballs are gonna pop out of my head. So So it's stuck you he's stuck with you. Yeah, he's really encouraged that. So yeah, I guess that was an epic purging. You know I mean, what? let it go. I, I'm like a big fan of that as well. Because Randall will hold his sneezes, and I'm like, no, you got to let that out. Let it out. Let it out. <laughs> let it go. It's so powerful. Let it go. It's powerful. Can't hold it back anymore. Let it no. go. I mean, come on. Let it go. Na, 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 na. I, I don't, don't care I've never seen what that movie. they're going to say. Let the storm rage on. The storm never bothered me anyway. I mean, come on. Like, movies are constantly mm-hmm. mirroring the collective unconsciousness. Like, Frozen was, like, the most popular movie ever. I have seen it. I worked with kids, so I know, like, every line to, like, that uh-huh. song. Because, you know, I was working with them for so long. And, you know, you had to listen to it on repeat. And it's a good song. And it's literally, that song is about her being like, you know what? I'm a, I'm literally a cold bitch. Like, that's her whole thing. Like, she gets, she, she's frozen. So when she gets angry, she touches things and they freeze. So she basically hid her rage. This is what the whole plot of Frozen is about. So, because she didn't want to freeze things. So she locked herself up, literally, in a cage. This is crazy. She covered her her hands, she covered her arms, she covered everything because she got, because people were so like, you're freezing everything, this is terrible, you know, and, and, you know, of course, I think like maybe her parents died or something, that's why she was so angry. But anyway, at some point, she just gets so angry and she just loses it. And the whole town just starts chasing after her and she builds this ice castle. And the whole song of Let It Go is Let It Go, like I am angry. And I'm going to freeze you all out. And if you think I'm a wicked witch and a wicked bitch, I don't care anymore. I'm angry. Let it go. I can't hold it back anymore. And I don't care what they're going to say. The storm never bothered me anyway. I mean, that's literally what that whole... And we're raising the whole... Like, that was Uranus and Aries. Like, that was giving a message to an entire generation of women. And Neptune and Pisces. Oh, yeah. It's like... I mean, astrology is so perfect. But it it told all those kids... and And you know how she healed all of it was through the love of, of her and her sister. So like there was a like love boy story, but like it was the love of her sister is what saved her, her family, her sisterhood, literally like not the Prince fucking charming on the white horse. Like go figure. He didn't save her. Well, go figure. Like, of course, Pluto Libra didn't hear that. We thought we were going to meet Prince Charming and be complete. <laughs> Turns out that's not how it works. Like, and we love our men. Ugh, we love them. But this message was a little bit silly. But it's, a, it's an incredible point. You know, it's an incredible point that this song has just come up and that this movie has come up is 
like there's power in that in that in that anger and that emotion how we cannot lock it down anymore the earth cannot lock it down anymore and there is this again with the authenticity if we are not being authentic with one another we are not connecting to each other's hearts you know I'm sorry, right now I'm experiencing you as this and it's making me feel like this. This does not mean I hate you. This does not mean I'm angry at you. This means that I'm pushing away from you because I feel this right now or I'm running to like really cling to you because I feel like you're abandoning me and and you know or whatever I feel like you're not doing you this is my experience this is authenticity this is like how we purge without it being like insanely wrathful and rageful and unpredictable which Uranus and Scorpio might might tend to do and this is also the north node in Leo that we're all experiencing with the authenticity piece. The key. The key. And, and, and coming from the heart. Key. Because, you know, having the courage to speak your truth, really, right? Yep. yep. And, um, and to stand out in, you know, the face of everything. And that's a really hard thing to do um, because you risk being kind of ostracized from everybody. And, and feeling like you don't belong, you know? Mm-hmm. But the, the key to the connection is through that authentic expression. Because then you can actually can, like meet somebody where their vulnerable places are. It's like totally. a lock and key. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I even had an experience with, you know, um, a student recently where it kind of happened that way. And we got to talk and, and I got to reveal what I was insecure about. And we, we actually reached deeper levels of understanding of each other, but of ourselves. And, you know, with Uranus trining the North Node, you know, my, my beautiful partner, he's always telling me it's, it's authenticity is one thing, but authenticity with the intention of, of heart connection, I want to be authentic, <laughs> authentic. Oh my God. I'm so afraid. Authentic from my heart. I'm doing this because I want to connect more, because I don't want to feel isolated, Aquarius, South Node, Aquarius, all that, Uranus, because I want to connect, because I, because at the end of the day, people, this isn't about us. This is about service to humanity and this earth. We are here as her servants. That is what we are here. This isn't about us. This is about her and her children, which is all of us. And so when we say, and we, I'm going to be authentic today from my heart space, then I'm really connecting. I mean, this is why we're doing the episode. This is why I cuss. I cuss so that and it's not because I'm a mean, angry person. It's not because I want to hurt people. It's because I want to show you that if you're authentic, you actually won't get struck by lightning by God. Like you can say what you feel and still be safe. And I think that we've mentioned this on the podcast before because we have done a couple of episodes like this where we've just unleashed it. You know, we've unleashed that, you know, the anger at the feminist movement and the anger at birth control and that, you know, we've done it and it's, we're doing it because we want to heal it. We want to like connect with Mm -hmm. you all from a place of love. Like that's authenticity. Yeah. And speak from the shadow also like giving mm-hmm. space for the shadow to be seen and heard. And yeah. And you know, it's interesting you're saying this piece about like authenticity and, um, 
I, I'm having a brain fart right now, but basically recently, oh, feeling safe, right? And I had this revelation that um, part of the reason why I, ha- I can't like be angry at people in my family or like really cut them off, even if they've like treated happened is because I feel responsible for their, this is a codependent pattern, I feel responsible for them, right? So if I disconnect, the ultimate feeling is that they're going to die and I'll be responsible for their death and therefore I'm going to die, right? And so think about that for a minute. Like think about where in your life you might have this kind of pattern set up where you feel responsible for something that might not necessarily be your responsibility, but like where you take that on and it, how it works the way in which you connect and communicate with other people. Because if I was being really authentic with some of my family members, I'd be like, you know what? I really just don't want to talk to you. Like, I don't need you in my life. I, you don't bring anything to my life. I'm kind of like better off, you know, um, good luck. Thank you. You know, but then there's this other layer that I see is such a beautiful kind of piece of magic. I think that exists with just being alive and and having human relationships is that everybody is the reflection of, and the greatest teaching for you, you know, the greatest reflection of your shadow, but also offers the opportunity for the teaching. And I was telling Eugenia how Soleil's Mars is conjunct my sun. Um, my Mars is conjunct her North node, her or my Jupiter's conjunct her North node. Like there's this connection that we have. And even before I was, you know, had announced that I was pregnant, I had, a uh, a reading and I connected with her soul energy and she was a teacher of mine from a past life. And like, I feel this connection with her that when I get angry, she laughs. Like she's there to say like, ha ha, there you are. There, there is your moment for change, right? Here I am to reflect to you the places in you that still needs healing. Right. Mm-hmm. And, where are we seeing that, you know, the greater culture? Um, I mean, it's all around us. Like, just open your eyes, turn on a news feed of any sort, and you will see your shadow right in your face. And mm-hmm. there's the opportunity, right, to use that material to teach you, this is where I'm not free. This is where I'm not yet whole, where I've cut this part of myself off and say, like, this isn't good. This doesn't belong here. I can only be this, you know, it's like that David White poem um, where we cut off like all those pieces of ourselves and we're, you know, thinking that they're not going to attach themselves to us or stay with us. And then by the time we reach midlife, you know, we've had all these parts of ourselves in this black bag that we're carrying along. And, um, you know, it's, it's a challenge. Then, then we really have like a lot of work to do in order to integrate all of those parts of ourselves that we've, you know, basically chopped off. And the feminine has been chopped off just completely, even in the sense that I was looking at, I had like some money that I was depositing in the bank and I'm like, look at all these fuckers. Look at all these men (laughs) on all this money. We gave birth to these dudes. (laughs) And birth is like the most rage 
I mean, I'm sure there's women out there who have had very calm, peaceful births. And, you know, I understand this whole concept of like, you want to bring your baby into a peaceful environment and all of this stuff. Um, that was not my experience at all. <laughs> um, birth was like a complete, uh, like it was so full of rage, like primal, primal screaming. And, um, I felt like my body was releasing a lot of repressed rage that was eons old that was coming out. And, um, anyways, yeah, the men on, on dollar bills and, and all of this stuff, you know, I mean, how long is the feminine going to go unrecognized for how fucking important it is and how powerful it is? There is no way we would be here as a species without women. Think about that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Men, men, sperm. Okay. And yes, there are wonderful men out there, including my wonderful husband who are super, you know, they're helpful men who are doing really great things. This is not a man hating up the feminine is, has reached a point where, you know, this, this cannot continue the way it's been. And, um, and I think that that is showing up in the collective in terms of certain mothers who are having the experiences that they're having postpartum depression, you know, all of these things that kind of accompany becoming a mother, um, that is a beautiful experience. And I've, I'm so grateful to have the experience and I, I, you know, honor who she is and everything, but wow. Yeah. It just brings up a lot of stuff. It's, she's my greatest guru. Definitely. Yeah, you're tapping onto so much. I mean, men on the dollar bill. Yeah, it's true. It's not a man hating. Yeah, like I love my man too. Damn, you know, like love him. He's like, whoa. Yeah, totally. I mean, this is the the conscious masculine who's also arising right now, which is so gorgeous. And oh yeah, like it's amazing, really. And but I know a lot of um, women haven't had this experience, you know, of, um, conscious partners also. And so, you know, there's a lot of raising of the children and the husband and, you know, doing the, you know, and, and where the man at, where, where's, where is he? Like, where, where, that's my mother's generation. Right. And I think even Virgo and just above us, I know a lot of Libras, Pluto Libras have it. You're, you know, you're married to a Pluto Scorpio, right? Cause you have Uranus and mm-hmm. Scorpio. And that's actually a really interesting point. A lot of Uranus Scorpios are gravitating towards Pluto Scorpios, I find. There's a real interesting dynamic there because you guys have a depth that is very well connected. Um, you guys want to express the anger and the Pluto Scorpios are expressing it. You know, they are, you know, from my experience, they don't they don't give a fuck. They're going to, you know, I was talking to Gemini Brett the other day and he was like, yeah, the Pluto Scorpios who are like cutting their tattoos off their bodies, you know, like I was like, yep, that's them. I mean, they're, expi- it's all over their body. I mean, it's, it's yeah. the earrings, it's the gauged ears. It's the, it's the crazy sex, you know, it's the, mm-hmm. you know, it's the anal sex. It's all the stuff I hear about with this generation mm-hmm. with the internet porn that had kind of influenced them worth another conversation but 
but you're right. There's this, there are great men, but this is, there. it is, we know it's, it's so seeping in every fiber of our soul. And how can a woman be all of those things? We talked about it in the neo-feminist episode. You know, we're asking women to be thin. We're asking them to be polite. We're asking women to be um, um, really successful in their career, really successful moms, like not just successful moms, but like really good moms, you know, like raising exceptional humans. And let's think about it. Like, all the babies being born since 2008 are Pluto Capricorns. They are ballers. They are so beyond our understanding of anything. So how can we expect to raise Pluto Capricorn? I mean, we're reading these baby books for how to raise a baby. Well, we're talking about which baby, which generation of babies are we talking about? Are we talking about Pluto Sag baby? Because that's a different way to raise a child than a Pluto Capricorn, than a Pluto Aquarius so true. They're all different. So Pluto Capricorns are ballers and they want fucking boundaries. They want rules. And Pluto Libra's like, I don't want my kids to feel hurt. It's like, no, put down the fucking gauntlet, put up the boundaries, create the structure because they're being born into a world that is losing it. If we don't teach the Pluto Capricorn structure, they're not going to be re- be able to rebuild this, this world. You know, and this is the challenge of the Pluto Libra mothers, the challenge of the Pluto Libra parents, the challenge of Pluto Libra. If we do not start to be authentic and speak our voice and say what we need and say what is not serving us and cut it off and put up the walls, we are not going to serve the children of the Pluto Capricorn generation. We will not give them um, what they need. And they need structure. They need the boundaries. They need the rules. And one other thought, and then I'm, and then I'm going to have to stop talking because I've hit my, my limits and I'm going to speak up authentically um, and say, I can't, I can't say Scorpio. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm going to say like, you know, I've given a lot the last few days. We give a lot. I give a lot. And, um, I'm going to be starting to set some real, real thick boundaries because I need more. I'm giving a lot of information. I'm doing a lot. And authentically, I'm fucking tired. I am fucking tired. So there it is. And you guys know that. And everyone should know that. But because I'm Pluto Libra, I'm like, oh, yeah, I should be giving because of the love of humanity, love of humanity. And that's great. But I've hit a limit. I'm angry. I want more. I need more. I need Just to be Just in nurtured. time for Saturn and Capricorn. Amen. Totally. For all of us. This is also yeah, all of us. It's really a time to really like put the boundaries up because time. it's, it's got to happen. Yeah. yeah. We cannot keep living like this and we need mm-hmm. each other. And if we are not connecting authentically and speaking what we actually need, then we're not going to make it. I mean, we can't say this enough, but the last thing I do want to say is the interesting thing about Aquarius and Leo amongst many of the, the obvious things like hurricanes and tornadoes and all the things we expected to happen with the nodes shifting to Leo and Aquarius, because this is what happens when the nodes are in this place. Um, is that you mentioned about like the responsibility of your family, but there's also something about the responsibility of your child. When it comes to Leo, there is such an attachment to our creation Okay, so for example, we're doing this podcast right now. We're creating it. We've taken t- topics from our own personal lives and, and we've, we've mixed them together in an alchemical way. We're putting them on a recording. We're going to shoot them out into the internet world of Aquarius. And we are going to relinquish the intellectual rights of our creative voice. Okay. And people are going to go into, and some of you are going to listen to this and you're going to go and to talk to your husband about it or talk to your child about it or talk to your girlfriends about it. Or maybe you'll just think about it and you'll think about it 10 years down the road. But something that we've created is affecting your life. And 
And if we held on to that creation, Leo, we wouldn't be affecting humanity, Aquarius. And so I think the same goes for, and, and, I'm, and I, of course, I'm not a mother, but I do have a business that is my child and needs me 24-7. And it's even though it's almost 10 years old, it still needs me a lot. Um, and I find that with my business, when I hire people, it's scary because I'm giving a part of my creation and saying Aquarius, I'm going to delegate it to somebody else and trust that their Leo creative abilities won't fuck up my creation or my creative voice or idea. But there has to be trust and delegation of the community and the group, which is Aquarius. And if mothers don't start delegating the caregiving of their child to their girlfriends and their community, again, we're not going to make it. And so there's this piece with this Leo thing that's asking us how do we let go of our creation and share it with humanity and trust that our brothers and sisters can hold our baby and serve humanity? You know, how can we trust in that? And it's just something I wanted to throw out there because being a child of a Pluto Leo, like many of us are, this is kind of the fucking issue is we were raised by people who homogenized us, who put us into suburbia, who, who, who raised us in a mom and dad 2.5 kid household, who said, like, your accomplishments, child, are my accomplishments. But the truth is, is when you're bringing a child into this world, it's, it's for you, but it's for humanity, the child is here to serve humanity as we are here to serve humanity. And how can we trust that our creation is is being held in a in a higher consciousness, Aquarius, you know, that everything is as it should be, that we cannot control the outcome of our child's life, of our business life, of, you know, we can do the best we can and we can we can do the best we can, but the Aquarius part is is the delegation and letting it into the world to serve humanity like we're about to do with this episode. So just kind of a side note. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. Um, the interesting thing is, is that I think there are a lot of women who do unfortunately have to give over the caretaking of their children to other care caregivers. Yeah. Um, because they have to go to work. Yeah. Well, that's a um, different thing. That's a different conversation. Mm -hmm. But, um, and I think that there's also anger about that, like not being able to be in that role. Um, and the loss of control of that whole piece, you know, but I, I, you know, I just want to honor the women who are in that position because that's really hard. And I will also say this, that now that I am, I mean, more or less a stay at home mother, um, which is like mind blowing to me. Um, it's so much harder than, I ever imagined it would be people say it's like, you know, like, Oh, that's so great. You're so lucky. And it's like, I definitely feel that way. And at the same time, it is something that needs to be acknowledged that being a mother is like one of the most profound jobs and careers, if you want to even name it that, Mm -hmm. but you know, roles, um, raising another human being, it's like huge, but yes, I do agree that, you know, raising our children with other mindsets and, and, you know, really diversifying them is really important and acknowledging, of course, like you said, like children are not our possession. They're not our creation, but they come through us. And it makes me think of the Khalil Gibran poem about children 
Your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. And though they are with you, they do not belong to you. So anyways, chew on that one. That one has always been helpful for me in my relationship with my parents as well. Um, But I I am an Aquarius rising, so I've somehow liberated myself um, from feeling like you can't tell me what to do. (laughs) (laughs) I do my own thing. Well, and at the end of the day, like, again, I just want to bring this back to the earth as kind of a closing. We're her children, you know, and she she has the right to feel what she wants to feel. She doesn't own us and we don't own her. You know, we are this co-creative thing. We know this, but... You know, I I hope that if any of you have been affected by all this, our hearts are out to you for sure. If any more of us continue to be affected by this, our hearts are out to all of us, to all of, you know, the Earth's people and all of all of Earth Mama. How can we accept her rage with a place of Aquarius non-attachment that she needs to do what she needs to do and we shouldn't be attached to how she's going to do that and what that means that we you know life i do not believe we die i believe we just change form and um you know how do we we remain heart centered and heart centric during these devastating times and how do we connect with our tribe to talk about these things to share authentically and, and openly with one another to share our children with our uh, with our sisters and our brothers and 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 connect now um and and have those boundaries that that we desperately need that we weren't really taught especially as pluto libras so you know, i just want to say a prayer for the earth and all her children all her people and um, and I have faith that there's reasons for all of this, that it's necessary. And, um, like, like the devastations in our own personal lives, they always ultimately bring us directly back to gratitude because at the heart of it all is, is that it's love and gratitude. So, so love and gratitude to you, Danny, for, uh, sitting on this episode and chatting with me and love and gratitude to all of the mothers out there. Um, oh my god so much respect so much mad respect ladies whoa whoa yeah you know and as a woman without one you know of course I can't understand what it's like but thank you for being honest with me and, and preparing me for what's really in store if I should ever have one. I think a lot of you didn't have that. And so that's the brilliance of your honest and Scorpio. You're, you're letting us know how hard motherhood is. So we're not going into it blinded thinking, Oh, this is going to be the most joyous bundle of thing. It's like, no, it's fucking hard work. It's a job. Well, it is. And it's also layered with a lot of really crazy shit that happens to your body that nobody talks about Mm -hmm. and that happens to you emotionally. And this actually, I, this is just a piece that is, I need to speak to before we end this, the shame and the guilt that is associated with the feelings that accompany motherhood is like profound. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because, or I know it's because nobody's admitting to it. Nobody's going to admit that they feel rage about their child or that they like, you know, want to fucking have a flip out, you know, or that they actually do, you know, nobody's going to 
acknowledge that. And especially not with like what we see painted on social media about how perfect everything (laughs) is when, you know, your vagina is like totally ripped open and hurts, you know, for a long time or you have hemorrhoids or whatever, like the real, real, the dark side of motherhood. Like, why aren't we talking about that? Why? And I mean, I guess we are (laughs) right now, (laughs) but, um, why haven't we? And now we need to, because, we need to be honest and real with each other about what this actually entails. And, and that way, once we're real, we can support each other and not feel so alone and isolated because motherhood can also be very isolating. How come all these other people are doing it? How are they doing it? And I'm not. It's like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so hopefully, again, we've connected with some of you that you feel seen and heard and and... That's what this podcast is about. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's been real. Cathartic, yeah. Yeah. Lots of love. Hey, thanks for listening to Bridging Realities. If you liked what you heard and want to be part of this conversation, consider joining our tribe. Through Patreon.com, we offer a variety of options for our listeners, including our Facebook group which for only $10 a month gives you access to our private group where we chat daily about astrology, host a live Q&A, offer new moon rituals, and much more. Check us out at patreon.com backslash bridging realities to see all of our options and to choose one that resonates for you. If you love this episode and previous episodes, share us around. Give us some stars on iTunes. Let people know about us. We want more and more people to be part of this conversation, and we love the love. For other ways to learn about Danny and myself, visit our homepage at bridgingrealities.com. Thank you again. We love you all so much. Bye.